Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Five times are on tour again. Fowler, McManaman and McAteer are heading to Dublin and Belfast. We haven't played in front of a crowd like that for a long while. Obviously, it's on the TV as well. Yourself, so that was uh, how's pre-season Olympiacos, mate. No, well, you were there. Well, you're with Suarez, didn't he? In the end, couldn't believe because the, t- the kit was that tight. Doesn't matter. I still play. Just as quickly skip over. Do you over. think anyway, Jason? If you, you haven't really given your opinion, what do you no. think? I don't have to ask the questions, don't I? Well, you can still have an opinion. You can still have an opinion on what you think Liverpool are like this year. Do you think they're going to win the league and stuff? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Do you think they're going to win the league? And no, I don't know if they're going to win the league. I think they've got a real opportunity to win it. Well, that's what we said. Well, that's what I'm just saying. It's your taxi. They're at the academy in Dublin on May the 8th. 24 hours later, they're at the limelight in Belfast. Your chance to meet them. Tickets selling fast. Also on May the 9th, we held our end of season party in Liverpool. John Barnes, Diddy Haman, and Roy Evans are your hosts on what could be an historic lead up to the final game of the season. Ticket details online at fivetimes.co as the Legends Tour continues. That's it, you see? Comedy goals you've got there. I'll set them up. Bang. (laughs) Have you nicked this from the fucking thing? Right, bit of a bit of a strange uh, podcast this week. Um, Are you serious? Is this... Yeah, I'm serious. Don't interrupt me when I'm working. Bit of a strange podcast this week. Uh, myself, Robbie Fowler and Jan Mulby, uh, we're on a road trip. Um, we're coming back from um, Whitehaven, where we've been for a, a day out. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, we're going to talk about this week, Liverpool... Norwich, and we're going to talk about Chelsea, how, the, how we're getting on, what we think. Stadium expansion is another thing, summer plans, and obviously the other stuff, big story obviously is David Moyes. But we'll start off with uh, Norwich, Jan, bit of a... Did you see nerves? Yeah, in the end I did. Uh, I, I don't know how you feel, but I, I'm always convinced that you don't start games nervous. But things that happen in the game can make you nervous. You know, and I think Norwich's goal to make it 3-2 15 minutes ago it was quite hot and you kind of know what's at stake and I think we got a little bit nervous and I think when you get nervous you, you look a little bit tired but I always felt that the Norwich game right in between City and Chelsea would be a game we just have to find a way of winning and we did exactly that All in all good result Robbie off the back of uh, Manchester City Yeah it's a good result obviously because you know, it keeps us out winning Winning momentum, uh, and you know what? I agree with Jan. With uh, obviously, there was a few n- nerves. I think if you if you think of Brendan as well, I think there was. I mean, obviously, we never went to the game because we were prepared for our own game on the Monday. But you'd seen a, a close up of Brendan. He was talking to Colin Pascoe, and he did look a bit nervous because he was, uh, you know, woman and arm, what formation to change to. You know, when they were on top, and you know, you could you could see him sort of whispering the words. You know, should we go four, five, one? Obviously, you know, putting putting Daniel Iger on as well. 
uh, you know, showed up certainly at the at the back, uh, and it didn't really look a threat in Norwich then. So I think Liverpool were, you know, I think were quite comfortable there on in. What about um, Jordan Henderson missing? Um, with his obviously his banned from his sending off from Manchester City. Was that a big impact to the way Liverpool play? Yeah, it, it is because we don't have another player who plays like him. Uh, you know, I think sometimes if if we're missing one of the attacking players, <coughs> you know, we can always compensate. But Jordan Henderson is unique in the way that nobody else in the Liverpool squad is like him. The majority of our players, their strength is with the ball, isn't it? And Jordan is okay with the ball, but the work he gets through without the ball, it, it, you know, it just elevates him into being a very important member of, of, of our squad, and we don't have anyone else like him. And Raheem Sterling, obviously, again, another fantastic performance from him. Well, I think that's as good as I've seen him play. I think he just gets, he's just getting better and better, isn't he? And you know, when you know, for the age of him, and you know, obviously, we all know. Yeah, but, but you know about that, Robbie, don't you? You were that no, but you were that age, weren't you? But I was, no, ne- I was yeah. never playing in a team like this where no. you know you're going to win stuff. No, I know that, but 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 you you scored a lot of goals at an early age, didn't you? Yeah, well, obviously, I I think as a forward, you're only as good as the team that you're playing. But he's playing in you know a number of positions, so he's the one who's sort of um, dictating games now. You know, you think um, where he's playing. Um, you know, he's played on the left, he's played on the right. Uh, you know, and, and the last few games, he's he sort of played down the middle, and he's looked. He's looked different class, and you know, obviously. Yeah, what I was, what I was more talking about, you, uh, Robbie, is, is this, you know, this importance when, you, <coughs> when you're such a young player and you need to have an impact. It was the same when you were, you were 18, 19, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's always nice to come in and you know do okay. Uh, I mean, I just think, as I mean, I, I came in and I was lucky because you sort of hit the ground running, whereas Raheem's come in and he, he sort no, he did. He hit the ground running, then he had a big, big dip. I never really had a big dip, to be honest. Yeah, couldn't that have been to the fact that you were ready and maybe he wasn't? Um, no, I disagree with you because, look, I mean, he, he got in at a young age, he had a little bit of a dip, but I don't know, probably, look, I'm not comparisons by any shout, uh, but, you know, both teams are you know, going through a little bit of a transitional period, weren't they? Well, you know, when he, he was coming in, you know, you, you, you look at him, he came in under Rodgson, he was in and out, uh, and, he, and I'd seen him, you know, a few times to the reserves in the 21s up at up at the academy, and he looked good. But I'm thinking, no, he's, he's not going to make that step up. You know, there's a lot of players do that in the past. Um, obviously, you know, me being one. But you know, he, he's come in, and I, I mean, I, I'm so so impressed with him because he he's just gone up another level, and I just think that's because of his confidence, and you know, he, he's I think he's just there on merit now. I think it's down to I think Brendan needs to take credit for the way he's handled him as well. I think Robbie's right, he did have a dip in form. Brendan took him out the team, brought him back. And his first couple of games back he wasn't he wasn't great. I actually thought he might be taking out the team again, but he kept faith in him and I think Raheem's looked at that and thought, Well fair player, you know, my performance is warranted maybe having another spell on the bench, but he's given me another chance and then all of a sudden it started going for him. And I think he we're like Jordan Henderson. You know, there is a discipline to the way Brendan likes his players to play and he doesn't ask them to do anything that they're not capable of doing and I think Raheem certainly benefited from, from that. Where do you think he will be in three years' time? I'm not talking about club, he'll be at Liverpool, but in, in, in terms of... Position? 
No, in terms of yeah, he's standing in the game. I mean, is he finished improving? Is, is there more in him? I don't I think mean, he. I totally agree with, with, with Robert the way he's playing at the moment for the last three months. It, it's nothing short of sensational. I mean, like Robbie said, it's difficult to make comparisons, but if, for me. He's got the lot the way if he keeps developing. Obviously, there's a lot for him to develop. Let but me put the, it this way: when Robbie came in the team and scored 20 odd goals in the first season, I felt he'd do the same the season after and the season after. Yeah, the difference. Yeah, but it's Sterling giving you the same feeling that next year he'll be as good or better, and he'll continue like that. I, I honestly believe he is, yeah. and I, I mean, I speak to Stephen all the time about him. Stephen raves about him. I think you know, Stephen says, I mean, for the size of him, I know he's not. He's not as little as what people think he is. I mean, he was he five eight, five nine, um, but you know, he looks, he looks as though he couldn't punch himself out of a wet echo, doesn't he? But, um, but he is a strong little player. But he is, he? and and that was one of the first things that Stephen said to me. He said, "You can't believe in training. You just can't get the ball off him." Yeah, he's the strongest. Yeah, he's probably what he's up pound there. Pound, yeah. And uh, I mean, that's I think that'll <coughs> put him in good stead because in the Premier League, it's not just about. You know what skills you've got, and you know how you handle the ball. It's about strength as well. You know, you're up against, you know, big defenders, big strong defenders. You know who, you know who can manhandle your old time. And he, I think he's he's capable of, you know, becoming even better. I think if you if you're looking at him, and you want to make a comparison. He could be the new John Barnes. He could be. He's got that in his locker, but he, he's got to keep learning. He's got to keep listening to the manager. Um, and he's got to, he's got to keep improving. He's got to want to do that. He can't all of a sudden think, well, "I've won the t- if, if they're going to win the title, I've won the title, I've arrived. I don't have anything more to prove." Well, he's got I, everything I, to prove the second he's, season. He's going to keep improving. He wants to. Keep, I think you can see that in him. Yeah, I do. I, I do. think that obviously when he first got to team, he had this bit of a bit of a bad reputation. He was getting a little bit of bad press, and then all of a sudden, you know, I don't know whether Brandon's had a word with him, and, and everything's just. Really quiet now, and and the only press he's getting is is all fantastic, and it's it's for the way he's playing. What I mean, what I mean by that is like I you, you look at David Bentley, what a fantastic player he was when he burst onto the scene. Sean Wright Phillips. Sean Wright Phillips. But I think they get to a, a stage where the manager can't do any more, and he has to want to do it himself. He can't all of a sudden rely on his laurels and go right. I've arrived. Well, that's what I'm saying. That yeah. he, I think he, he's, he's doing that. Do he's that, doing yeah. that because he's he, got to keep doing it, hasn't he? Well, yeah. I, mean, I think he, he's. I think he's got aspirations being the very best. And yeah. is, is he, there a downside? Which his life will change forever, won't it? We win the Premier League. We go to the World Cup. <coughs> it gets more difficult. Yeah. It gets so, more difficult. You've got to be able to handle that. So potentially, there is a downside. Yeah. yeah. But you know, what you just said, Jan. You know, in the last three months, his performance has been sensational. Oh, unbelievable. But. You know, don't you think? All right, for the first two months of that three, defenders and other teams of the football decide we'll stop him, and they haven't. No. So, so that's you know, that's a good thing I think for him, and a good thing for Liverpool. The fact is that people are maybe you know trying to work him out, but but he can't do it just yet. Let's move on to Chelsea. We got Chelsea obviously at the weekend. Is this the biggest test that they're going to face this season? Yeah, because it's the next game. Um, the big test was a City game. A bigger test was the Norwich game. But you knew what you were getting with City. You knew they were going to come with that system, that style, them players. You kind of knew how they were going to play. With Mourinho, you don't know. No, but I don't think it matters what the other team comes with. You know, with the Liverpool, the position that they're in now, where you know they've got to win, 
win games and you know they, they want to win this league. And you know what we're not talking about the fact is that they've gone 11 games, you know, on the spin with winning. I mean that in itself is is extraordinary in, in the Premier League. Do you think when Liverpool are at their best this season, when they're at their absolute best this season, do you think there's any Premier League team who can stop them in a match? When Liverpool are at their best, so I'm talking about Arsenal, first half, Everton, wherever. When Manchester, when they're at their best, do you think it's possible to stop them? Um, well, yes, because you know you think of the Arsenal game, and uh, you know when he played up at the Emirates, and I mean that was probably as bad as the performance I've seen for Liverpool. He got, I mean, he got overran in the middle, uh, but I mean I take on board what you're saying, and you know it, if he can't play to you know, to the level, you know that he. Well, they should play, and, and they want to win the league. Then, I mean, it's hard for people, you know, for teams and, and other managers to try and stop them. I think because um, it's just so exciting. They, they will concede goals. I think everyone knows that. But you know, if, look, I'm not drawing comparisons again with the Newcastle team. But you know, Kevin Keegan's probably philosophy was years ago that you know, you'll score two and we'll score three. Brendan's is not that. Brendan's just obviously will will score goal, more goals. And will be exciting to watch. You know, his emphasis is not is not on you know how many of the other team scores. It's just about Liverpool playing well. And not like there's times when they've not been great at the back, but going forward, you know, I think at times they can be unstoppable. But we've compensated, though, haven't we, for what we lack defensively? <laughs> we've compensated for the way that we play, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, look, we'll take that all day. But we yeah, always no, absolutely, to, I would. You always yeah. want to win games, and you, you want to win them well. If I've, got to, if I've got to pay fifty pounds towards Liverpool, I'd rather see them score seven and win one 0 I can assure you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think everyone's getting. I mean, they're so exciting, and I think they're probably everyone's other favourite team in the Premier League at the moment. I think. But obviously, Mourinho, they've got the best defensive record. We watched them against Atletico Madrid. Who couldn't? Who couldn't break them down? Um, and like you say, Liverpool going forward have been absolutely fantastic. But the vulnerability has been at the back. It, that's going to be a test for them, isn't it? You know what you're saying here about obviously the Chelsea defensively, and you know West Ham drew with them not so long ago, nil nil, and um, you know Mourinho's come out and gone, oh, that was 19th century football, yeah. and then obviously all of a sudden you know Chelsea go to Madrid and draw nil nil with with Atletico, and then all of a sudden it's a Mourinho masterclass. Yeah, yeah. So you mean he can't have it both ways? <laughs> I think Chelsea are defensively a very good side, but I think with Liverpool's players, I mean they, they can open up any side. We're talking mind games now, Jan, listening to Mourinho. Yeah, it is mind games because because prior to what has happened to Chelsea over the last 10 days, and by that I mean losing at home against Sunderland, uh, drawing 0-0 uh, against Letico, picking up injuries to key players, it changes everything, doesn't it? Because prior to that, you knew exactly who you were going to be facing for Chelsea, didn't you? Cherry will be there, Kay will be there. We know we're going to be at our best. Yeah. All of a sudden now as a player you're thinking, hold on. There could be players playing in this game that might never play in the Premier League. So, automatically, as a player, you can't help yourself, can you? Because as a player, you're sometimes looking for the game to be as easy as it possibly can, aren't you? You know what you're saying there, Jan? And, you know, because Chelsea, where they are, and, you know, they've got a great chance of getting to this Champions League final. Don't you think it, it sort of spares people on to try and do well in, in the league game so they can try I'm, and get into this Champions League? Yeah, but I'm not so much talking about Chelsea, I'm more talking about the mindset of Liverpool players. You know, all of a sudden you're thinking, Instead of John Terry there, there might be somebody else, and he might just, you know, you know, Robbie. We're always, we were always as a player, you're always looking for an easy life, weren't you? If somebody was going to give you an easy life, you'd take it, don't you? Absolutely. And I think that could be Liverpool's only worry 
in case some of the players get into their heads that oh Chelsea's not at the, at their strongest, which means they won't be at their best, which means this might just be a little bit easier than what we thought, and that's when it bites you, isn't it? Well, yeah, you know what I I know what you're saying, but I'll, I mean I'll disagree because I think Brendan has got the team. I mean he's got them playing so well, and I think he's got them going out into the match with the right attitude for, for every game they've gone in. You know they've not had. I mean I go back to that eleven games they've won. Uh, and look, they've played some poor teams and they've played some good teams, but they've, they've beat everything that's that's been put in front of them. And I, th- I just think it'll be the same regardless of who who Chelsea play, what team they what team they put out. Yeah, I think I, I tend to agree with you, Robbie. I think regardless of who they turn up at Anfield, will beat them. So you, you look at Liverpool, especially at home. Um, you know, and look, the so-called bigger teams come to Anfield, and Liverpool always play well against them. You know, it's not not just this season, but the season's gone by as well. You know, Liverpool's probably failure in re- recent years is, is losing against the so-called weaker teams. You know, we've always yeah. played well, we've always played well and better against the uh, you know the big four, and we've always not always won them, but you know more often not we've we've had the three points. I mean, our record against other teams in the top seven at home isn't it? It's mind blown. Played five, one five, goal difference seventeen three. It's unheard of, isn't it? Well, that leads me then. Bob, to the next question about obviously you said Liverpool's downfall in recent seasons has been against the lesser teams beating Chelsea if we do Ben Palace who have had an unbelievable run under Tony Pulis is that really the game that we should be looking at and thinking that could be the one that could be the slip up no because you go back to what we're saying and Liverpool's confidence <laughs> you know the, the slip everyone was saying it was going to be against Norwich because you know they've got a new manager. You know, go to Carrow Road. Yeah. Norwich need points. You know, it could work out the other favour where you know Palace are safe. you know safe and you know they don't. Really? All right, they won't be. So they won't make the game easy for it. I think it will be easier to a degree where Palace are safe. The only thing you will know about Palace though is that the grass will be long. They won't water. They'll make it as difficult as they possibly can yeah, with the way that they play. Yeah. And Tony Pulis has never lost a Premier League home game against Liverpool, has he? Well, you know what, Jan? You know what you're saying there is exactly what West Ham done. You know, the, the grass yeah. was long. The only difference it? is that the West Ham game was a month ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Now this will be the second to last game, and the whole everything has moved, hasn't it? You know, now depression. It's kind of ours to lose, isn't it? The title is ours to lose, you know. So. Okay, um, just moving on to the news that we've we've heard this week about the stadium, obviously redevelopment. Are you, are you happy that Liverpool are staying at, on the sides of Anfield? I think it's probably the perfect you know scenario for everyone. You know, everyone everyone loves being at Anfield, but you know you get to you get to clubs where you always want them. You know, you think of revenue and you know the Arsenal's and the Man United. I mean, they're earning so much more money than Liverpool. Um, so you always want Liverpool to to sort of better what they've got now, and I think the the upgrade of the stadium is probably you know the perfect scenario. I think it's fantastic news, but I also think it's fantastic news for for all those residents, isn't it? Who's, what they've gone through over the last few years with the uncertainty of what's going to happen. At least now the whole area is going to get a, an uplift, isn't it? Facelift, and it, it, it's going to be an area that's going to be quite nice to live in. But the fact that we're staying at Anfield, I always thought it was the was the only sensible outcome. It goes obviously up to fifty nine thousand. The attendance that's going to bring in a lot of revenue, isn't it? Well, that, that's what you know. I've just said in terms of them clubs, they bring so much money, and you know Liverpool, and you know a couple of years will be 
there will be under peaks as, as what these clubs are doing. So um, certainly it'll help the you know the club you know attract new players. You're playing in a much better stadium. You're bringing in uh, more money to to attract them them types of players. So look, I think everyone's just on to a winner. You know, the, especially the fans as well. You're gonna be, I mean, you've got to be earning over two million every home game, aren't you? It's big money. Well, talking about obviously of money. Um, obviously, you've managed Jan. Is is this a part of the season now where you're identifying players you you want to bring in before the season finishes? Um, the players that you fancy. I mean, 60 million is being talked about as being the figure that's going to be given to the the manager um, to go and buy players. Is that is that a realistic fee? Identifying the players now. What do you think? Well, you never know, do you? You know, I mean, you don't know. I mean, Liverpool. Regardless of winning the Premier League or you know winning the First Division or whatever, <laughs> they're always going to be linked with players, and you, so you never really know. And I disagree with what you're saying. Is now's the time to start looking at players? Because I think is it, is it no, no. I, th- I think I think Brendan and, and the staff and the scouts, you know, have been looking at players all year, you know, to make the, the squad and the team stronger. I don't think all of a sudden because you know, you're nearing the end of the season, or we better start looking for players and and seeing who's available because you, know, you can guarantee that. You know, there's been a lot of work that's gone on behind the scenes for a long, long time. Do you think? Do you think we've been looking at two different type of players, though? In case we win it, and in case we don't, do you think there would have been a difference in in, in the money available? Do you think we can now all of a sudden look at it at, at an upgrade in players because we can offer them Champions League? I think that's the be all end all Champions League. I think once once we've qualified, you're into a different market of, of buying players, all the do top one of players. We now look at our. A-list. You look at prestige well, players well, now, well, marquee well, players. Tell me, do you think that? Because do you think the fact is that Liverpool are in the Champions League now, and you know they're going to sign a different player or a different players? I do think there would have been some players if we ha- didn't have Champions League football on offer that we wouldn't have been able to get. That. Yeah, so I do think that. Well, you- it- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Just the well, goal still, would have, still would have been looking at them, though, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is once you go after them, you don't get them, then you have to have another list, don't you? You know, you, you can't say, I mean, it, we're going to talk about David Moyes later, isn't it? but that was kind of his problem, wasn't it? Yeah. He's going, uh, I want Fabregas was one of the targets when it didn't get him. Yeah. So what I'm saying is we can't afford to have that, can we? You know, we, we have to say, well, OK, this is who we want, <coughs> but if we don't get him, we have to have alternatives. And But I do believe that anyone on our list now we can approach because everything they'd want we can offer them can't we yeah. we can offer them a, a, a big football club we can offer them Champions League football somebody who hopefully just won the Premier League so we can offer them everything that they want well these players obviously 
if we're talking about these marquee players, you would expect them to obviously be internationals, be at the World Cup. How dangerous is it buying players after a World Cup? Because we've seen plenty of failures, haven't we, after the World Cup? Yeah, and I think that happens. But look, I think hindsight's a brilliant thing, isn't it? You know, you bet. You, the World Cup is the pinnacle of any player's any player's career. And if you do well in a World Cup, you think they should be able to do well in, in sort of any league. Or you know, some people say international football and you know domestic football is just totally different. But if you're playing international football, you really you're thinking you know you should you should be matched to to play in any domestic game. It doesn't always work, does it? But, but as much as you think that. Liverpool will be aware of almost every player, yeah? There still will be three or four in the World Cup will turn your head, won't it? It always is. You know, there will be somebody you go... Yeah, there will be somebody you go... Oh, I didn't think he would, you know. I hadn't seen that in him before. So you can get tempted. Well, I think it's a very dangerous game. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I agree. But, I mean, it's... Does it matter that it's a World Cup? I mean, you see that sort of in the Premier League or in any other divisions, you get players who play well in Spain... You know, not necessarily play well in the Premier League, so does it matter that? Well, well, is 60 million, if you're going after these prestige marquee players, is 60 million enough? Um, well, I mean, who, who's come out and said it was 60 million? It's been reported in the press, hasn't it? We were just going off that figure. Is that true? It must be true. Well, obviously, <laughs> I'm only saying what's been branded about in the press is the figure we've got, we're talking about, but... I mean, what Jan said before in terms of, you know, we're a club. Now, if you you know you win the Premier, you're in the Champions League, you know, would you not get more money? What's to say, if, if, for example, if you never got into the Champions League, you know, how much would you have to spend then? Would you have less than 60? Depends on how, much you, how far he wants that money to stretch, isn't it? Your marquee players now, what, you're looking at 25 million? 20, between 20 and 40? Well, if, I mean, if you, if you go back to Manchester United, they're the guideline, aren't they? They paid nearly forty million for Mata, 20, 27, 28 for Fellaini. Arsenal paid over forty for it. So it gives you an idea. What bracket? You know? Well, what you need to pay really. If, you know, you're looking for the game changer. That's you're probably I mean. looking close to forty. Where would you like to see improvements, or who would you like to see come in? Anyone in any position in particular? I, I think it's we can <coughs> we can second guess what who they're looking at. I've got a feeling of. The profile of the players, yeah, it's young or players at possibly lesser clubs who've still got big futures ahead of them. Uh, so a bit like we signed last summer with Aspas and Alberto and Cruz, Tony Cruz. Well, Tony Cruz is at the top of the reason Tony Cruz wants to leave Bayern Munich is because of the wages, isn't it? He wants to be valued at the same level as as all the other superstars, and and, and Bayern Munich don't. So. Instantly, to get him, you'd have to be prepared to pay big yeah, money, big, money yeah. in big, big wages. You know, what, yeah. what would that do to? to well, you upset everybody. The clubs work very hard, haven't they? Well, the, you, what you're saying up. there, Jan, in terms of, I mean, because I know he's linked with Man United, and this is my obviously little bit of a bad feeling. You know, in but terms the difference between. United and us is they're desperate. They're no, but that, that's what I mean. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying in terms of when they give Rooney the contract of three hundred. Well, apparently he's on three hundred grand a week. Yeah, yeah. Well, any so big name player, 
any big yeah. name player who comes in will want a parity. Yeah, that's right. And I think that puts them problem, in, in a real, real bad predicament. Wayne Rooney was not worth 300 grand to any other club than Man United. Because mm-hmm. they needed it. They needed it. Absolutely. He wouldn't have got £300,000 anyway. Like Robbie's saying, the knock-on to that then is enormous. It'll be horrendous. It'll be absolutely horrendous. But also this desperate thing, isn't it? They're desperate. They want to reverse. They're going to finish seventh, aren't they? And yeah. they want to reverse that next year. They want to do a Liverpool. They want to go yeah. from seventh to first. Now, how often does that happen? History tells you it never happens. No. Or it happens one in 25 years. So forget about them. If they can crawl back into the top four next year, I think they've done well. What's what's it the other way from first to seventh? Well, I, th- yeah, I think it's Blackburn, isn't it? Make uh, Harford when Kenny won us. What were Leeds? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, but I think it's well, Leeds were before, wasn't it? So I think the last one was ninety-five, ninety-six. I think Blackburn they, they went from first to seventh. <coughs> You've obviously won the title down um, a few times, and what was there much change after the title-winning team? Or was it just a hand, couple of players, one or two? Yeah, it was only a, a couple of players, wasn't it? Although, possibly... Were they forced changes or freshen up or...? Yeah, I think it was more of a... It's got to I be think, freshen up. Yeah, think? but also I think it was more of a... Like a, a marker statement to other yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, but also the fact that we had the money, you know. Yeah. You know, like you had the money, so spend it, we'll go and get somebody. So whether you went and got somebody... To straight go straight in, or Liverpool had tendency then to buy players for the future, didn't they? Don't know how long's gone on this. Um, okay, let's. We've just mentioned David Moyes there. Obviously, it's the big news in um, in football. Right or wrong for you, Bob? You know what? I'm not really interested, to be honest. I know it's uh, probably not what uh, people want to hear, but the fact is that. He goes to Manchester United, and uh, I mean, if you could have been anyone. Anyone after Sir Alex would have had an absolute nightmare of a job. The job you don't want, but the job you can't turn down, isn't it? Well, <laughs> I think you're yeah, obviously speaking to the wrong people, but I think yeah. I mean, he, he's gone in there and he's got every every confidence in what he could do. But look, whether we like it or not, you know, Manchester United are going through or we're going through a transitional period, and the players that have not, you know, we're coming sort of the end of their reign, if you like, and. That's where I think, you know, it went wrong for David Moyes, and then he's, he's as Jan said before, he's trying to sign players, uh, and in the end, the, 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 the signings he made were just, just to appease the fans more than to make them make them stronger. I thought. Do you think, you know, obviously you look at why, obviously they're going to enter the market, Jan, and they're talking about offering the manager a lot of money to go and spend. You know, when you look at David Moyes, he's never spent real big money, has he? Although you look at the two signings, Fellaini and Matter, I think Matter was a little bit desperate. Fellaini, I just think, hasn't worked uh, for one reason or another. Maybe because he's not playing in the same position he played at Everton. But do you think they look at it and think, "Oh, hold on a minute, this is not the man we want spending maybe 100 million? Because you look at his signings, he's bought Fellaini, who was effective in that number number 10 role at Everton, scored goals and was effective. Then he buys Matter, who wants to play in the number 10. You've got Rooney already at the football club, you've offered a new contract, who plays in, in that number 10. And then you've got Kagawa, who's there as well. Do you think they look at it and think, does he actually know what he's doing with the money? I think it was a combination of many of things, and spending money was one of them. You, you mentioned Fellaini. He could never, ever use Fellaini in that role at Manchester United because he wouldn't have got away with playing like that. Matter, when you're offered... 
by one of your uh, competitors, you're offered their player of the year for the last two years. Do the alarm bells not start to ring and go, why do they want to sell him? You know, the reason they want to sell him is that it's almost impossible to fit him into a system, isn't it? Where do you actually play him? And, and the fact that Chelsea couldn't wait to sell him. So I think it's a combination. They don't want Moyes to spend the money, but I also think that the atmosphere was so negative, wasn't it? The players weren't having him. I don't think the fans were recognising their own team. I think the sponsors were starting to moan. And I don't think it was a situation he could have turned around. Did he change too much in the beginning? Like, taking away all the staff? And... I, think I think there will be regrets. And sacking the staff is one of them. But I think in other situations he probably didn't do enough. He probably didn't work hard enough with the players he he didn't want. It was pretty clear that there was players he didn't want. And that would be Ferdinand and players like that. And I don't think he worked hard enough, he should have got rid of them. That's a I mean that's an hard one to answer to be fair, because you know, from an outsider point of view, you know, you look at Manchester United and you always think, well, I mean if it happened to Liverpool, you'd you'd always want someone with with a link to the past, I I that's my opinion anyway. But when obviously the new manager comes in, he wants to put his marker down and, and you know this is my this is my method, this is my way, and I know I'm going to put my ro- staff. Is that wrong though? When you when you're taking over a successful brand, a successful team that play a certain way, is it wrong then for a new manager to come in? Should Manchester United have looked and thought, right, we want a manager who actually plays the way we play? And buys players that we buy, like Alex. Alex Ferguson done. It wasn't rocket science every year. He, he, he only chose like for like with his players. He, he, he got rid of, was it Ronaldo before Beckham or the other way around? He just he just like for like, <laughs> centre halves like for like, centre forwards like for like. Didn't change a lot, like you were saying, Jan. A lot, lot a lot doesn't change with a Champions League winning team. It's one or two players. But they're very much like for like. Should they have looked maybe a bit harder for a manager? who fitted into their system rather than a manager who wanted to come in and change it to his system. But I do think that winning, and let's not forget they have done a lot of winning over the last 20 years, we can't take that away from them. And winning has an effect and it makes you believe that you can overcome anything, you know. And I generally think that United, with Ferguson winning the tight with that team last year, I don't know how he did that. How did he ever win? And, 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 and I think they thought, well, we're Manchester United, we're going to be okay, you know. And all of a sudden, you're not. You, you don't get it right with your new manager. The squad is not as strong as you thought it was going to be. Then all of a sudden, you're playing catch up, and it's we, we, we know it from ourselves, don't we? What you're saying there, Jan, and the, the Manchester United team that won last year, it was not. I don't think it was because they were great. I think it was just the rest of the Premier League. Was, yeah, possibly. Was possibly. And what Jason was saying in terms of Manchester United it was like for like I disagree with that because you think that the great Manchester United teams in the past they've always relied on pace you know good wingers quick wingers both sides you know a little bit of steel in the middle and then all of a sudden last year they were playing with you know with one up front you know with three behind so the, the formation was gradually changing so to find the players to to sort of fit into their system you know it was never ever going to be like for like yeah but that's that's where the argument then comes where Sarge fixing and you that his time was up. Yeah, it, that's it, it, it was, it, they were changing, they were gradually changing because. Yeah, but he, the, 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 the rumour is he, he wanted Ronaldo, he wanted Bale to come back. And by all accounts, I've spoken to people who have been at the football club and they were very close to maybe bringing Ronaldo back. They wanted to go back to that, what you're saying, the pace on the wings. Yeah, Valencia's their pace. They wanted to get Bale in, I believe, to play on the left. Oh, Loads yeah, of pace. Do you think Ronaldo plays on the wing for Real Madrid? Would you reckon he would have went back to Manchester United and played on there? 
No, I think he would have played up front. I think they would have got rid of Rooney and, and fitted Ronaldo in. But that's, I mean, that goes against with what you're saying in terms of how they were playing in the past. They're playing with other wingers because Ronaldo would, would he, the formation that Manchester United want to play with the one up front with the one behind. Would have they done that with Ronaldo? Yeah. And played Ronaldo up front on his own. Like like they did last night against Thing. Yeah, I think they would have done that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have seen that to be honest, but I think they would have done. Do you think Barcelona are in trouble like Manchester United? Because Tito Martino, he's not the, he doesn't look like he's the man for the job, does he? No, he's... they're struggling. Do they need to find a manager who who suits Barcelona? Yeah, and 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 uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, and I think that's what they will do. I mean, there's a massive rumour that it's Frank de Boer, which makes sense. He's done his apprenticeship at Ajax. He's a Johan Cruyff man. That's very important. You know, whoever becomes the manager of Barcelona, Ajax, or the Dutch national team, it's always got the approval of Johan Cruyff. So that's very important. Uh, But, but yeah, I think to a certain extent that that in there... They've got to be careful that this season they're going to end up winning nothing, yeah? So they're going to... Be careful they don't end up thinking we're going to be okay next year, which they're not going to be okay next year. They actually need reinforcements, which is what they needed 12 months ago, and they failed to do it. Well, the unthinkable, obviously, of Barca is they're talking about a new stadium, 490 million. Messi's buyout clause is 205. You know, they're actually throwing that out there in the press. You look at maybe a season, two seasons, three seasons ago, that was unthinkable ever to think Messi was leaving. All of a sudden, Paris Saint Germain are making noises. Manchester City are making noises. Is it on the cards he could be sold? <laughs> I don't think so. No. No. I mean, I not not for me. I, I know what you're saying. And, you know, there is there is a few little um, few little whispers. Yeah. But look, I think any we spoke about Liverpool last season. You know about <coughs> getting uh, you know keeping Suarez because you know to win stuff you want to keep your best players. Yeah, maybe. And regardless of what you, anyone says about Messi, he's still probably one of the two best players in the world. So for any club, you know, wanting to sell him, I think it's just ridiculous. Suicide, isn't it? Suicide. And like you were saying, Jan, it's not just about... You don't just buy a player for his ability on the pitch. You buy a player to sell shirts and to make the brand bigger and to build the club and bring other players to the football club and it, it probably would be suicide for them to do that wouldn't it well you, I, you, I think Jan had the nail on the head before you know, we said you know, going on about Mata yeah you know, you know Chelsea sold him and you wouldn't sell him if he was if he was decent to yeah. your rivals but <coughs> I mean I, I think that's sort of the same with Messi you know if you're going to sell these players he was, he's so good he's, he's still he could, he could be it could be a sale you never recover from couldn't it yeah exactly but I'm just thinking that in the Champions League Paris Saint-Germain if they if they do sign him or they want to sign him then it's he's going to directly be up against the likes well, of over, Barcelona well overnight Paris Saint-Germain then becomes a better team than Barcelona don't they yeah. with that signing you don't want to do that do you you don't want to strengthen your opposition to that extent would Messi go Paris Saint-Germain I couldn't say I, I know he's, he doesn't look as happy now as what he what he has been in the past but I, he'll be all right. I mean, he, I, he he will be there for, for life. I think he's he's well suited to the way Barcelona play. And he, Ronaldo's a different animal, isn't it? He? he can play for any team any because team, yeah. yeah, because he can play in a, in it. various roles. Exactly. Messi is kind of he's a Barcelona. It's around player. him, isn't it? you know. You need to build a team around him. Yeah. Well, the Champions League is 
finally poised, isn't it? We've seen two decent ties. Yeah, obviously. What ones were they? The Champions League. Yeah, what, what tie? You said two decent ones. There's not one decent tie between them. You didn't think so? I thought it was decent last night. I was I enjoyed watching them. The trying to get the philosophy we spoke about before um, Bayern Munich and what Guardiola was trying to do and making mistakes and that. My point being is, um, where do you see the, the results running out? Where do you, you know, one's finally poised at nil nil, one's one nil Madrid. Well, what do you see? Yeah, we've seen the the Real Bayern game, and um, and it, I mean, it surprised me. I mean, how much possession Bayern had. Uh, didn't surprise me at Real one because you know, you know, my tips before the semi-finals were you know Chelsea to get through and, and for Real to get through. Oh, okay. And, and uh, I still you still stand by it. I still stand by that. Yeah. My chip is the Spanish uh, final, and I still think that is very much on the cards. I know some people are disappointed with with Atletico Madrid, but they're well reversed in playing away from home. They've kept 27 clean sheets this season. They'll be ready for Stamford Bridge, and I think. I thought they were quite poor. Yeah, they were poor. They were absolutely Atletico, but but I think the occasion got to them in in the quarterfinals. So what, what's to say that it won't get to them in the, the next leg at Chelsea? Because it was at home, wasn't it? You know, and the fans came because they'd beaten Barcelona in the quarterfinals at home. Unbelievable atmosphere. People stayed behind for 15 minutes, and people then came. And going into the game, Atletico Madrid was in better form than Chelsea, and everybody thought. Do you think the expectancy levels from the a- fans? Were... Absolutely. You know, it was going through the roof. I was, I was at the game and you're talking to people and they're going, oh, we'll beat these. And I'm thinking, whoa, hold on, you know, Chelsea are going to do the outmost here to try and stop you. But I think playing away from home will suit them better. They are very one-dimensional. They love crosses in for Garcia and, and, and Diego Costa. But I, I think it's going to be, be hard. I think Chelsea are going to... All Chelsea's focus is now on that game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But they've got to play Liverpool in between and every game you play affects you in some way, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't like the fact that if he's not going to go to Liverpool with the strongest team and take it on the chin, you know, and, and, and the players got 72 hours to recover, stop whining, get on with it. Isn't that what you want if you want to be a big football club? You want to be yeah, successful. You, yeah, you, you don't want to play. Games, yeah. we, we don't want to get taped, we don't want to play. No, you want to play. They also wanted to be in the FA Cup uh, semi-final and final, didn't they? So stop moaning about it. And if, if, if you don't have enough players, don't loan out 25 players. Keep them, yeah. you know. OK, right. Well, we'll just sort of wrap it up now. What We've got to go predictions for the weekend. Chelsea. Well, I, I think Liverpool win. Um, I'm going to go for a 2 0 win. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I'm not convinced that Chelsea will have enough to, to, to really hurt us, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be one of those unique Liverpool performances again. But I think we'll we'll, we'll do enough. Uh, and I, th- I agree with Robbie. I think we'll beat two 0 I actually thought two 0 as well. So that's unanimous. Oh, I'm just sitting on the fence, yeah. Right, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. If you want to download this um, podcast, obviously go to the Five Times web- webcast, fivetimes.co.u. Just co dot? Fivetimes.co. Fivetimes.co. I'll get it right one of these days. Enjoy it. Not, we'll bring Alan Kennedy. Five Times are on tour again. Fowler, McManaman, and McAteer are heading to Dublin and Belfast. We haven't played in front of a crowd like that for a long while. Obviously, it's on the TV as well. Yourself, so that was a uh, post-pre-season Olympiacos, mate. No, you were there. Well, you're with Suarez, didn't you, in the end? I couldn't believe because the kit was that tight. It doesn't matter, I'm still playing. Just as quickly, skip over. Do you think, anyway, Jason? You, you haven't really been to your opinion, what do you think? I don't have to ask the questions, don't I? Well, you still have an opinion. You still have an opinion on what you think Liverpool are like this year. Do you think they're going to win the league and stuff? Yeah, I do, yeah. Do you think they're going to win the league? 
And no, I don't know if they're going to win the league. I think they've got a real opportunity to win it. Well, that's what we've said. Well, that's what I'm just saying. It's your taxi. They're at the academy in Dublin on May the 8th. 24 hours later, they're at the limelight in Belfast. Your chance to meet them, tickets selling fast. Also on May the 9th, we hold our end-of-season party in Liverpool. John Barnes, Diddy Haman and Roy Evans are your hosts on what could be an historic lead-up to the final game of the season. Ticket details online at 5times.co as the Legends Tour continues. That's it, you see? Comedy goals you've got there. I'll set them up. Bang. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.